0: This is the Cash Flow Nair podcast. Advanced strategies for living life well. Here's your host, Rob Minton.
1: Hey, this is Rob Minton. And in this podcast, we will be talking to Cash Flow Nair member, Quentin Souza. Quentin is rather impressive. He's a multimillionaire who has been buying real estate investments for many years. And in this interview, he shares kind of what he does, how he does it, And there's several ideas that I think will be very helpful for you. I'm just going to point out three so that as you listen to the podcast, you can kind of pay attention to these. The first and probably the most important is that he operates with a long-term perspective. And I think that's critically important for success in investing. So make sure you listen to our, our comments around that. The second important thing is that he mentions highest and best use. So he buys real estate, then he puts it in what he refers to as the highest and best use and that strategy allows him to extract more cash flow and more wealth. And then the final idea that I think will be very helpful for you is that he mentioned stress testing his portfolio towards the end of our conversation. We've all heard of stress tests for large banks, but we've never taken this stress test idea and applied it to our own investments. And I think this is a genius Genius, genius strategy that Quinton has done with his portfolio, and something you might want to do as well. Before we get into the conversation with Quinton, though, I thought it would be great to offer our free book, The Cash Lanier Plan. You can get this book just by going to freeinvestingbook.com. All you have to do is enter your email address, and the book will be sent to you. The book outlines ideas and strategies you can use to double your cash flow, pay off all your debt, and build a financial fortress for your family. So, with that, here's Quinton and I talking about how to build wealth in real estate.
2: I'm not hurt. <laughs> okay, so I, you and I, we talked. I don't know, maybe it was it a year or so ago? Maybe, it could have even been two years ago. I know we had a, a call a while back, and I was kind yeah. of like impressed by like what you we were doing, and I and I wanted to kind of stay connected with you, and so here I have you on the podcast. And um, so just maybe let's start with um, a little bit of your background, like where are you? What's your business? What you know? Are you married? What's your family life look like?
0: Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm married. I have two kids. I've got a 16 year old and a 13 year old and, uh, uh, you know, the 16 year old is going over to a girl's house this Friday. So it's always, uh, it's always new and exciting on the family front where, where new adventures bring us. So, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's good. I've been married for, oh boy, like uh, over 20 years. Um, and I live uh, just east of Toronto in uh, in Canada, in a small uh, in the municipality of the the Durham region, which is in a, in a town called uh, Whitby. So it's part of the Greater Toronto area. And um, I invest uh, in real estate. I have uh, uh, education business. I do stock option trading. I have some books that I've written. I, I do a lot of different things, but the majority of my income comes from my real estate portfolio.
2: Okay, majority of your income from the real estate portfolio. Um, so yep. you said real estate investments, education, business, uh, yep. stock options, yep. and you've written several books, right? Yeah. Okay, and I, I you probably have another business or two that you know it's not listed in there, but so it's yep. obvious you have multiple sources of income. Um, yep. real estate's your primary, it's, I guess, where the majority of your income flows through. Um, it, uh, how did you get started? Did you first start in business or did you first start in real estate?
0: Uh, I first started in everything. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I, well, probably back in 2004, I was trying to investigate every different, which way to make, uh, uh, money and, and, work uh, a full-time job so i was uh, a teacher in the public school system and uh, on on my off hours i I had uh, a website business i was actually i had this site uh, um, canadian uh, free stuff for teachers and i was giving away stuff and creating this really big email list and i uh, i realized after about i don't know four or five years of doing that that giving away free stuff does not make you money <laughs> so I uh it, it, took, it only
2: took you 4 years to learn that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm a <laughs> slow learner, but uh you know, it, it was it was fun and I I was able to build a really big email list. I had like a, back then like a, probably about 20,000 email subscribers, right? Oh, that's, so that's
2: a big list, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so what I ended up doing is I, I sold that website and the list. And um, that actually, uh, you know, was in the, like the six figures. So that, that worked out well. And um, I think that, you know, there was uh, a lot of stuff in between. Like I've always been, you know, doing things like, I, I don't know, like back when I was 10, I had like three paper routes. So I was, uh, you know, I used to wash dishes when I was 13 for extra money. I used to work at the Prince Hotel. I was a busboy. I got to meet all of like. Alex Van Halen and you know Phil Stiller and just some really? cool people. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun because I was doing the uh, like room service uh, busboy, so I would like uh, <laughs> I got to, you know get the stars at the the night after, which is always fun. <laughs> um, I used to I was a, a blackjack dealer actually too, so I uh, I. Um, I did that for the CNE, uh, the uh, which is like a, in Toronto, like an annual kind of fair. And uh, I, um, I, I was learned, I was taught how to play uh, or how to deal blackjack. And I did charity casinos. I planted trees before, like I did. I, I, I'm not afraid of hard work. It's not something that I'm afraid of. And I think it comes from like, you know, we kind of came to the country to Canada when I was three you know, we, we started off in, like, in um, a basement apartment. Actually, we lived under, like, like in an unfinished basement, you know, um, and uh, it took us probably six months before we just got an apartment. And, uh, you know, and then we kind of w- worked our way up as a family from there. But, um, you know, uh, I think that, like, I've experimented with a lot of different things. And, you know, w- you know, I did, I used to, I used to, um, one job I had was like a, a telemarketer. So I would call people for ducking me in Toronto. I was one of those people. They gave me a phone book and I had to go through the whole phone book, <laughs> follow a script. And like I was, you know, I mean, just one of the things that I, I learned how to do. I probably only had that job for one summer. But, you know, I mean, it, I, I got over people saying no, no to me pretty quick
2: right yeah yeah uh what were you what were you selling over the phone i, I didn't oh uh duct
0: cleaning so uh, oh, cleaning, <laughs> duct cleaning. yeah cleaning <laughs> vents and stuff like that oh yeah oh,
2: that, it, that's even that's you, a hard hard service to sell too probably huh
0: yeah i mean i used to it was it was kind of crazy like you, they'd have like a word that you had to spell if like you got like so many sales during the day and uh, it, it was uh it was a, a tough job right but um, and now everything's outsourced like this was you know I don't know 30 years ago so that's probably somebody else is doing that job in some you know other country in the, in the right, world yeah. but, right, but yeah. yeah
2: well I it's we have we have very we have some similar experiences growing up I had paper <laughs> uh, so uh, and you know when I got into real estate sales I I made a ton of prospecting phone calls and rejection after rejection. And you know, I don't know, I think you, there's something valuable to go through that, like you said, because you, you learn that no really is not that big a deal. So it, it kind of takes all that pressure off if you're trying to do things because, um, I mean, it's like a great training ground for it, you know?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I think I was doing that when I was like probably 15 or 16, I was, I was doing those calls. So I got, um, got uh, got into that uh, and, and out of it <laughs> you know I, I did some door-to-door sales too with that I mean there's just lots of lots of that stuff I think sales is really an important skill for for anybody to have um, but um, going through that pro- process can be a, a
2: challenge for sure. yeah well, it's certainly yeah it's definitely challenging but it's, it's so valuable to learn how to sell I'm with you hundred yeah. percent on that so then you have all these crazy experiences. You're like, uh, I don't know, man, the most interesting guy in the world. So how did you gravitate towards real estate? Like, how, uh, did you, what led you? Did you read a book? What got you into real estate?
0: Well, we, I purchased a pre-construction home as an investment and, you know, kind of left it alone for about four years. And, uh, you know, by the time it was built, it was worth a hundred thousand dollars more which was more than a year's worth of income i thought oh man this is awesome we should be doing more of these <laughs> so in uh 2008 i in- invested in in some education and and learned how to uh, you know invest in real estate i thought in a in a, a long-term buy and hold type of way and um you know in 2008 started to buy one property two properties three properties and then we're doing like four or five a year um i was working with joint venture partners and just continuing to grow uh, the portfolio of properties and then working on other streams of income as well by by about 2013 i would say i i was able to leave my full-time job but I, i didn't leave until 2014 and um so six years ago I, I left and i and i decided to focus on real estate full time Flipped uh, about a dozen houses figured out that that was work and i didn't want to do that anymore so um, i just continued to purchase more properties and um, just buy and hold make sure that i've got uh you know i really focus on properties that have cash flow and appreciation um and uh, both of those have have really done me well uh, over the you know the last 12 years.
2: Okay, so your and um, inv- so so your primary strategy now with real estate is buy and hold, um, and you're looking for cash flow and appreciation. Are you investing primarily in your local area there um, in the Toronto area, or are you buying outside of Toronto?
0: Uh, no, Toronto is, is one of those challenging markets. You can cash flow. Most people don't understand how, but usually you have to bring a, a building to highest and best use. So you're taking like a detached house, probably adding two units to it, and then, and then you know, really you're able to cash flow on, that, on a property like that. I, I don't do that. I'm focused more in the east of Toronto out to what we call uh, Coburn, which is along the 401 corridor, We've got a lot of uh, uh, trans- like uh, transportation links, uh, train links, uh, um, just, just a lot of transportation along that 401 route. And so I focused a lot of uh, of our properties are along that way. Uh, I'm really focused more on larger apartment buildings now than uh, than you know the one to four unit properties. But those are great for cash flow. Um, and uh, um, and I also have properties in, in Florida. So uh, in Tampa, actually, I'm, I'm focused on um, uh, you know just a couple of properties. But I I have those those four properties in Tampa, which are mostly to give me a hedge against the uh, the Canadian economy and give me some U.S. dollars. For uh, it's always good to have a hedge.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, so, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so um so the, the properties you're buying then um in Toronto, they're um, or east of Toronto, I guess, along the transportation um chain there, are are they you're able to cash flow on those because they're lower price points?
0: Uh well, again, what we what we'll do is we'll bring the property to highest and best okay. use. So sometimes we'll take a, a single family, and add an accessory apartment, like a basement suite or a, a vertical suite or a, a suite on top, um, so that we th- and we we do it legally so that we can include both rents in our um, performance. And what that will do is allow us to cash flow positive on the property. Usually you know, between 200 and $500 uh, per per property Uh, on, but the, the cash flow is good, but it's not like, uh, like because we have so many properties, we get a lot of, like I get a lot of cash flow that comes from that after all my expenses, like that's the majority of the income, but really the, you know, the the true wealth comes from the appreciation from those assets that have done well over that period of time. Um, So, you know, in the the last year, I've probably added about, you know, two and a half million in net worth just from the portfolio uh, appreciated. You can't eat it because it's, uh, you know, it's in the property, but uh, you know it's there, and you know I don't need to access it, so you know it's, it, it would be there in the future. But it's um, it's great to have those those properties, and you know if we need to access funds as a family, I could sell one of those off uh, and um, use it to pay down something or pay for something if I if I really wanted to. But the you know the cash flow that all of those uh, properties generate allows us to you know to live comfortably
2: well you know it's interesting your market um in that area has just been so strong for so long uh, you know you're 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 getting paid cash flow to make millions of dollars in appreciation like if you could wave a magic wand like that's exactly what you would probably want to create and uh well that's awesome congratulations on on that success. I, here in Ohio, we have not had the appreciation, so, you know, uh, it would be fantastic. We are starting to, actually this year, things are appreciating and stuff's finally moving, but, you know, we have not had uh, the near the appreciation that you you folks have had, and so, um, that's fantastic. So, you're now, though, uh, focusing, I think you said, on larger properties now, like, you know, like 10, 20, 30, you, you know, you're buying bigger properties now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, with our uh, partners,
2: with so a partner. typically,
0: yeah, I'm not I'm not usually putting any um, uh, money into the deals. Typically, I'm, I'm the, the finder and the arranger of things. I'm organizing it, I have the, the property management team and the renovation team and the, the vision to get the, you know, the properties to highest and best use. So uh, that's how what what I bring to the table is my my experience um, and I've been doing it for, for a while. So it, it, um, you know, I have a good reputation of doing what I say I'm going to do. And, you know, that translates into, to trust and people who know me and they like me and, you know, they're, they're willing to commit, you know, like this, this next raise that I'm doing right now is a, like a $1.8 million raise. So I'm kind of focused on getting that, uh, the money for that project done. And that's just coming from, you know, potential uh, partners from the past who who know like and trust.
2: So that's interesting. So you raise funds from partners and then you take the funds and buy a property or do you find a property and then kind of pull the partners together to buy the property? Uh, I
0: I would say that I do both. So one is like I have property people that I've talked to who I, I'll let them know when a project comes up so and, and really I'm dealing with people who I like and that I want to deal with um, and the ones that don't never get a call from me but uh, uh, like I uh, what I'll do is I, I have a questionnaire that I'll follow up with them on and ask them you know a little bit about themselves what they're doing how they're investing in funds that they have you know if we're aligned we're going in the same direction so like um for example if, if we're looking at a 23 unit building i'm not uh, i'm not promising any cash flow from the property in the first you know, couple of years really we're just reinvesting into the building um, but after we've repositioned the building we will um, be able to refinance that building pay back some of the uh, partners and you know the initial funds that they they put into it and then continue to own the asset the same percentages but then the, the property is um, starts to generate quarterly dividends right to the to the partners and um, so it's a longer process on the apartment buildings but it's more for me it's it's just adding another zero onto it right so it's bigger numbers and those bigger right. numbers translate into just, uh, it makes more sense for me to be doing, uh, spending my time focusing on those bigger deals than the one to four units, which were which are great and they're good for people to start with, but they're they just don't generate the zeros as much. And I'm always trying to generate more or bigger zeros, right?
2: Yeah, no, no, that's fascinating. So for these larger deals, it doesn't even sound like you're bringing any money to the table. You're bringing your experience and your network and All of that to the table, which obviously has immense value. Um, And then your partners are bringing the capital to the table, and you create this win-win situation. But you have zero financial risk. You've got time risk, I guess, because you're investing massive amounts of time into these projects. Yeah, a lot of time, lots of commitment. You
0: know who I am and what I do, and I'm like, uh, you know, my reputation is everything to me. Right, so. Um, it's really important that I, I do what I say, but it's also I'm finding opportunities like like even the twenty three unit wasn't listed on our MLS system, right? Um, I, I deal, I do my own marketing. I'm I'm working on finding these deals. Typically, you know, you're never going to be able to find these deals, uh, um, the ones that I'm working on
2: traditionally. And, um, yeah,
0: yeah, And I, I'm not a realtor or a mortgage broker either. I'm I, I just focus on the investment side. And um, you know, I, I'm making sure that the opportunities make sense and that we all benefit from it, right? Um, yeah. You know,
2: no, I think that's. I mean, that's a. It's a. That's a very interesting approach. Um, I, I might have to talk to you about that <laughs> on another. Uh, more specifically, about that on another phone call, but um. So, like, looking back and everything you've done, you know, what would you say have been like? Maybe your your best investment or your top, top couple, top two or three investments? And why were they like such great investments?
0: Uh, You know, I, I want to say is uh, like what my top investments were, were some of the, some of the initial ones where I was getting started and I was buying properties that needed work. Uh, You know, um, I think people kind of call it the BRRRR strategy, Right now, but I mean, I was called, we were doing it before there was an acronym. So, <laughs> you know, it was uh, like uh, we used to call it buy, fix, refinance, and rent. And I'll actually have a book on the topic too, but um, that was before the acronym became more popular. And, and that, like doing properties like that where we bought properties that. You know, we were buying equity when we purchased the property uh, with the partner. We were able to do some work to the properties, renovate it, add a suite, refinance the property, pull the funds out, and then do it again. And when we, we got a home run, you know, it was really that the, the property is cash flow positive. You know, we're making a couple hundred bucks. All the money is out of the deal, and the partner is happy. To get the funds out, and then we go do it again. You know, and it's kind of like um, uh, you know more of a one or two year process. It's it's shorter. It's the same thing that I'm doing on the apartment buildings, less zeros uh, and a shorter time frame, but it, but it works the same way. And that was kind of like the initial you know back in 2008 what I was working on, and, and back then you know we had like zero percent down mortgages and five percent down mortgages and um, which, you know, are are totally gone the way of the dodo now for investors anyways. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, those those were great to be able to do and 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 have. But I think being, you know, buying something that has some value already in it doing some work into it, bringing it to its highest and best use, refinancing it, holding it for a long period of time, you know, those those properties, you know, will make you millions, right? So.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, I think you, the reason why you're, I think you're right that this was probably the most important or most profitable investment is because you created the model that you're continuing to use at a higher level now, you know, that you're, um, it's the basic model, you're just duplicating it, you know?
0: Yeah, I really like it. I And, um, you know, it, 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 it works. And we have lots of experience doing it. And, you know, it's just, you know, with the bigger buildings it, it, it just requires a lot more kind of like putting people together to get it done. Uh, I'm always looking for like joint venture partners that can bring a larger dollar value to it. But, um, you know, I can always you know, put a few people together in order to get the project done. And, and again, it's all based on my reputation. That's You know, yeah. doing what you say, what you're doing, people know who I am. Right. If you, you know, Tom and Nick, right. So yeah, if definitely. you ask, yeah, if you ask Tom and Nick, if they know me, they know me. And if you ask them what my reputation is, it'll precede me. Right. If you ask, you know, different people who've interacted with me, they, and my reputation will, Will precede me right and, and that's van, how van. I, I go about doing my business
2: no that's important that's I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I think a lot of people need to keep in mind it's you know it's an, a very valuable asset that you can leverage if you protect it. You know, so well, let's flip. Let's flip the switch here, and then you know, like what? What were some of the mistakes you made? But whether business mistakes, like you said, you started a business giving away free stuff and realized
0: yeah.
2: you can't make money giving away free stuff. Um, what are there any other like big mistakes that you made or that you learned from in the in the journey?
0: Yeah, like I, I bought, uh, I, I bought a like a package rent-own to deal from, uh, like a, like a mortgage broker outfit that really didn't really care about reputation. They just cared about churning out um, properties and and deals, and uh, you know. It, I didn't lose money. I probably made like $5,000 on that particular property once I finally sold it after the tenant buyer kind of flaked out and everything went sideways and we had like a basement flood and all of that. But I think the thing was is that I, I went out of my lane and I didn't, I wasn't focusing on highest and best use anymore. And I was just trying to adopt somebody else's deal that they, you know that they put together, and you know so that was one thing. Um, another thing I would say is that I, I the last few years actually, I, I spent a lot of time coaching other people. I, I would cha- like uh, I was charging about twelve hundred dollars a month, and I was speaking to person like people one on one for an hour, and you know I I was cha- I was charging um I was charging hours for my time, and and that was a mistake because I only have a limited amount of time. And so I'm not doing that anymore. And that actually cut out probably about $10,000 a month of income that I was having that's clear, but it freed up a lot more time. And if I didn't get that time, this 23 unit building would not have happened for me. Right. So um, I I'm, you know, I'm constantly learning. I, I, I can't say that I, i won't stop making mistakes but i'm constantly learning from what i'm doing and it's okay to make mistakes uh you know and I'm, I'm getting better like i i love teaching people i really have i was a teacher for 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 years i i won awards i mean i have my my master's in education and i you know i have my principal qualification but i um the way that i i figured out how to give back is i run like a like a um, uh, a Durham REI, which is basically where people can kind of come together and learn about investing, and that's how I kind of give back. But like, I I had to kind of get that straight in my mind and move away from the like the hourly coaching thing um, because I like it was a mistake, right? And yeah, um, yeah, some,
2: and yeah now
0: yeah, and then you know, and I was I wasn't focusing on my highest investments, which is finding new properties, fi- funding it through new new joint venture partners, and you know, um, and talking to debt partners, and then also looking at financing, like talking to new lenders or, or, or different lenders or old lenders, like focusing on the three things that that a real estate investors should be doing every day, and um, when I when I went back to that, all of a sudden things started to happen again. So um, I think that um, there's there's a balance to, um, you know, I started to, I'm working on my pilot license right now, my private pilot <laughs> license, which is uh, pretty cool. And but I'm, like for me, I'm 47 years old, man. And like, it's like going to school all over again. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. but I love it. Like, it's great. I love flying. I love you know, everything about the the culture and the people and, and just being up there.
2: Have you done stalls uh, yet?
0: Yeah, that was my last lesson. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. We just did a stall. It was was like a roller coaster.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was in the process of getting my pilot's license until I did a stall. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, That, that was the, I was like, okay, you know what, this, yeah, this is it for me, and then, so I, we, we land, and I'm like, I go, I'm going to have to put this on hold a little bit, and, and uh, I get home, and I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, my, we, I, I, I we did these stalls, and, he, well, for those of you who have not flown a plane, a small plane, I, I would assume it's the same thing with a larger plane, but when you are, uh, when the plane is at this, when you're losing your lift, this siren goes off and this I could still hear it clearly today did you I'm assuming, I'm assuming yep. you had it right yeah horn yeah yep. <laughs> this horn goes off horn. And it, yeah yep. and I so I, I get home and I tell my wife she goes well you know it's a good thing that you're going to put this on hold she goes because I was never flown with you anyhow <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, well, you probably could have told me that before I went down this, this path, but, uh, so well, that's awesome, man. Cause I think that's the ultimate freedom. If you can fly, you know, heck you go jump in a plane and go where you want. just, that's, that's the ultimate freedom. So that's fantastic, man.
0: Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, all the lessons and and it, it's something for me too, right? Like, um, so, I mean, uh, I do a lot for, for other people in my family and I feel like that's. Like you, you got to do things for yourself too, whether it's just taking some time for exercise, uh, going for a walk, whatever it is. But you got to take some time for yourself too, and because then when you when you give to other people, you give differently because you you know you receive for yourself a little bit, right? So
2: I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> It's not, since you have businesses and the real estate you have, I'm assuming you have a team. Do you have employees, or are you trying to run all this on your own, or how does how does that look for you?
0: Well, I have. I, I, I did run it by myself for uh, at the very beginning, and but I would have other people that I would subcontract all the work to. Um, and at this point now, I have employees that will help me to to get this the um, the stuff done. Right? We have right now we have twenty five million in assets under management, and you know it it makes it easier to have those um, those employees kind of carry out the different pieces that need to be done. But before that, I I I still didn't I, I realized that you know. My highest and best use was to be making more money rather than to, you know, paint a house or, right, you know, yeah. mop floor or whatever. And don't get me wrong. I'm not afraid of stepping in and doing it. If it needs to be done, I'll get it done. I'm not afraid of work. Like, uh, I spent four years planting trees so I can make money for university. I'm not afraid of work, man. But, um, I know that it's not a good idea for me to do that because I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not generating the funds that I should be generating if I'm spending time mopping floors or painting walls or whatever. So I I made a conscious decision to make sure that I would pay somebody well to do a job well for me. And, you know, it's taken a long time to find the right team. And, and and you're always tweaking as you go along because not everything works out exactly as you want. But, um, you know, I continue to, to work with the team that I have and, and continue to grow, too. So.
2: That's great. Yeah. Um, so let me, uh, you know, what is, you know, when when I talk with someone like you, I know you got all these different irons in the fire. I mean, what does a typical day... Look like for you? Are you working ten, twelve hours a day? Are you are you managing your time? How does it? How do you structure your days?
0: Uh, do you want me to just kind of describe what I do in the morning and?
2: Well, the yeah, just cause I'm into, I'm a lifestyle guy, so when I, I'd like to hear how yeah. other people engineer and design their lives. So I, I'm just interested in what a day. Yeah, what a day looks like for you.
0: Ah, uh, I wake up at like six thirty. You know, uh, have a shower, make a smoothie. Then I, I go for a walk for about an hour, listen to some podcasts. Um, you know, I'll, I'll when I get back, I'll usually do a little bit of, of planning just to make sure that I have everything that I need done for the day, take 10 minutes on that. Um, make sure that my, you know, I see all my family in the morning, we're having breakfast, uh, see them off to school, and then, um, I usually meet with my uh, assistant uh, now via Skype. So we'll, we'll do about fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. I'll, I'll tell her the things that I, I, I like. Uh, I'm I'm kind of looking at and what we're what we're working on, you know, this week or, or today. And then, you know, I'll have um, perhaps some meetings or some calls that I do. Probably about uh, noon, I'll go for another walk for about like. Uh, you know like a five another five kilometer walk um, so I usually walk about 8 to 10 kilometers a day you know um, grab a like a, a light lunch and then uh, I'll probably do some reading uh, maybe some meetings like today I was doing a, I uh, I had some inspections and uh, phase one and stuff for an apartment building and then you know I'm usually um, you know doing some some reading in the afternoon, and then uh, we have uh, dinner as a family. Sit down about five thirty. Usually my son my my sons are in baseball and hockey, so usually in the evening we're doing like baseball or hockey. At one eh, you know usually we're at a diamond or we're in a hockey rink, one of the two. So that's. And that's, and usually on the weekend, that's what it is. Like, well, my older son, uh, you know, he's, he'll have tournaments and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go away for the weekend. And, you know, um, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm usually doing with, with them. Or we're, we're going to see friends or family um, on the weekend. Usually my, my in-laws will come over for like that, for dinner on the weekend. Um, You know, that sort of thing.
2: No, that's cool. A lot of family time, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of time walking or exercising. Do you find that, like, walking is, like, probably, like, the best time for you to think? And, you know, I mean, do you find it to be, like, like a great mental um, benefit for everything you've got going on?
0: Yeah, definitely, like from a clarity perspective, but I also, I, I lost a lot of weight. I, had, I lost over 100 pounds in, in a year, and um, I'm really focused And I Actually, I ran a marathon in uh, last uh, fall, so last November I had, I run, I had run a marathon. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And I remember you were saying that you were you're picking up and doing that marathon. I thought, oh man, you're gonna do it in that much time? That's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it took me a while, but um, I'm definitely, you know, I I think exercise is just important for your you know your daily mental health, not just your physical health.
2: And with um, yeah,
0: you know, I think that's it. It, it is a clarity piece, and, and I love listening to podcasts and books. Like, I, I, I'll read or listen to maybe three or four books a month. Um, that's, that's my typical, you know, month. And, then, um, uh, and usually I'll be doing, if I'm doing audiobooks, it'll be on my walks.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's a great way to leverage its time. Um, speaking of books, uh, w- yep. what, you know, what would you say have been some of the best books you've read or maybe the most profitable books you've read?
0: Well, I mean, there's probably some books that everybody's kind of heard and, and seen before, right? But, I mean, um, like the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, I would have to recommend. But there's one book that I, I really like, and then it's, it's uh, called The Top 10 Distinctions Between Millionaires and the Middle Class. It's Keith, like, um, Keith
2: Cameron Smith?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Got
2: that's my old tattered yeah. copy. Yeah, you know, I interviewed him many years ago when that book first came out. Uh, yeah, I, I I have to find that book. I know I have it, but it was a great book, and i that you say that. I do remember it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one for sure. There's another one, uh, the Five Day Weekend, um, by uh, I think it's, uh, uh, Nick, Nick Nick Alex, I think. Uh,
2: the Five then, Day. Um, the Five Day What? Five
0: Day Weekend. Five Day Weekend. Okay. That's and then right. another one is uh, David Osborne, uh, Wealth Can't Wait.
2: Wealth template?
0: Uh, wealth Can't
2: Wait. Can't Wait. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh,
2: all right. Well, I appreciate it. I uh, I love to get book re- recommendations. So um, those will be on my list. Awesome. Let me. Let me I, we're kind of wrapping up here on time because I know you've got some other things uh, coming up here. But um, what. You, are you concerned at all about a market crash, whether it be a stock market crash or a real estate market crash? Uh, and the reason I'm asking that is because I know that you're buying properties and you're and you're getting financing. I mean, are, are, yep. And you had mentioned hedging earlier in our talk. What are your thoughts yep. about all this? How are you trying to protect protect against you know a possible slowdown or uh, or, or whatnot?
0: Well, I got uh. Like when i think of like a long-term point of view i have a 20-year timeline for my real estate investments right so i have a, a longer term timeline and i think i think long term means different things to different people some for some people six months long term uh you know I'm, I'm i'm looking at 20 years as a long term and i'm i'm also looking at what's happening you know macroeconomically. i like to i'm very into uh, macro and uh local real estate so I'm looking at you know you know in Canada for the first time like the U.S. did it in 2008 2009 but we started doing quantitative easing for the first time in Canada in April this year five billion dollars a week we're printing right in uh, base money supply and and I I do believe that that is going to have an effect on uh, asset prices and cause them to go up. As well as you know, you know, CPI is is a little different than you know asset uh, asset inflation because you know you have the the cost of consumer goods versus you know uh, asset prices, and um, that's something that I don't think people understand well, and that's what pushes up the stock market and, and other pieces. But when I'm looking at um, when I'm looking at my investments or my net worth, like I. I I can't eat it. It's there, it it makes me feel good, but I'm gonna get paid my rents every month and I'm gonna be getting, you know, if my rents go down, I have that as part of my, you know, I do a stress test on my portfolio um, so I can see what happens and how things change. But, um, you know, for the most part, it doesn't affect my day to day. It may affect like 2017, the provincial or the um, federal government, uh, introduced some stress tests. Uh, we add, we added some taxes for foreign buyers, things like that. You know, the uh, we lost something like 10% in that year, right? And um, I, like I, I was still buying and selling and doing the same things that I was doing before. Actually, I bought more because it had gone down, and I thought, you know, we would we would have a only a few years to kind of take advantage of that. And I did take advantage of it. And now those prices have come back even further than they were two years ago. Uh, So, um, you know, there's a lot of fundamentals of the market that I'm looking at that help me to continue to decide to to move forward in my area. We have, you know, 100,000 people coming to the greater Toronto area every year. And um, that certainly helps us for on the demand side. And we have limited You know, we have green space in a lot of areas in southern Ontario where you can't actually build anything. So we're in a smaller and smaller area. And so those existing houses, you know, like people, people look at assets differently. So, like, I look at a house. And I look at the land under the house the land is what's appreciating the house is depreciating the land is appreciating and so those that land becomes more scarce more people come in that land is going to continue to appreciate right um so that's what I'm that's what I'm you know kind of looking at from from a stock market perspective I'm I'm typically not holding on to stuff because I I don't control it whereas in, in real estate I control it more so like I can I suites, I can improve the property in order to control the price a little bit more. I have no control over what a CEO does. So I, I you know, like 30 days, 40 days, holds, you know, doing uh, covered calls, naked foot, that sort of thing. Um, maybe a, a couple of spreads, but that, that's about it. I'm, you know, on the stock market side, I, I, I feel that that is what, what works best for me. Um, I'm more into hard assets. I like um, you know physical physical asset and uh, and businesses and that's what you know works best for me uh, rather than you know the whole kind of I'm not worried about the gyrations of the the housing market or the you know or the uh, stock market for for that matter I'm um, I'm looking at long term wise what it does for me and as long as you know I I, I you know my theory is like ten years 20 years from now it's going to be worth more and that's why I'm going to continue to hold it well
2: I, I think that's the only way you're guaranteed to win when you invest right is if you have a long-term perspective and outlook then any temporary and when I say temporary I mean any two, three, five year setback really doesn't have a it doesn't take you out you know because you're, you're, you're focused on a long on the long term um so but you, you you the land appreciates, the house depreciates. That's awesome. I made a note. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Wait, well you had mentioned um you stress test your portfolio. Did, yeah what what does that mean?
0: Oh well, like um so typically you know, as you you invest for a longer period of time, your 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 risk adjustment changes, right? So, the way that I um like the my loan to value on my portfolio is like close to like like fifty percent, right? Um, and that only comes over time because the the you know the in the uh, appreciation across the portfolio, but in order to stress test the portfolio, I'll look at what ten-year rates are doing. Because you got to remember, like in the U.S., you get a thirty-year term. In in Canada, we maximum get a five-year term. We can get a ten-year term, but it's unlikely, right? Um, so typically, our terms are, are 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 shorter. So what I'll do is I'll take the ten-year rate plug it into my my forma calculations and make sure that I'm still going to be okay month to month from my cash flow based on those that that Performa stress test. I'll okay. also reduce my um, my income. So what happens if my rents go down 10%? Am I still going to be okay? Right? Okay. And yeah so I can I stress test the portfolio in order to see what happens to it and how that's going to react to my monthly cash flow am I still going to be okay um, you know when if these things happen what happens if it you know it the value of the property goes down well you know from a cash flow perspective it doesn't really change much right from a net worth perspective it does but then again you got to think right like all these business owners who have businesses uh, when they have current assets and current liabilities, they're paying taxes on that stuff every month, right? Like uh, every day, like, and, you know, as a real estate investor, my my liabilities go down every year because my mortgages get paid and my assets, my current assets, my long-term assets go up in value. And I'm not paying taxes until I sell that asset, right? right? Yeah. So Check it's all right super awesome business to be in right because like a lot of my friends in business who, who have different businesses are like yeah man like you're like this thing is going up and you're not paying taxes at all like all, like when we are spending money to make more money you're not doing that you know you're you're long-term wise you're you're good now on the profit loss balance sheet annually that's that's a little different but I'm, I'm accounting for that a little differently than I, I am the,
2: the net worth part of the business. Yeah, you're you're right. Well, hey, I, I've enjoyed talking with you thoroughly. I've got two pages of notes, and I've never thought about stress testing my portfolio. I don't have any mortgages on my portfolio, so you know, I, I don't I'm not I'm not sensitive to interest rate swings, but I would be sensitive to you know higher vacancy rates or, or drop in rental rates. So. Uh, it's something to really think about i appreciate you sharing that
0: yeah no problem anytime i'm glad that we could talk
2: yeah and um if someone listening wanted to connect with you or track you down or find your books where would what, what how is the best way for them to find you
0: well, the, the books are on Amazon, so you, you can you can have a look on Amazon, you know, put my name in there, Quentin D'Souza. If you're interested in, like, reaching out to me, I've, you can contact our, our business line, uh, 1-877-358-3734. Uh, um, and then uh, I'm, like, Durham REI or educationREI.com uh, is uh, the website that can get you connected to me as well.
2: Okay. Well, I really appreciate it. And uh, man, good luck with your flying lessons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I can't believe you're talking about the falling because I just
2: did that. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed them because they freaked me out, man. <laughs> uh,
0: it freaked me out too. But that's, you know, if, if you're not doing something fearful, you're not really growing, right?
2: So, that's true, okay. right? That's true. All right. Thanks again for the call. All right. Take care, Rob.